Hey, uh, Brian, I got bad news for you. Oh, what's that? What's that? I, I can't do the episode today. I got to get to the outlets. I got a uh, outlet sesh that I'm going on here. Uh, so what I do is I get a smoothie, then okay. I hit the 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 lower half. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I definitely have a game plan. I do the lower half, you know, shoes, socks, shorts, and then I uh, end it with something sweet like a uh, cinnamon pretzel. Interesting. Do you find your own jokes along the way, or are you just going to steal them from the TV show? You know what? I thought I was going to come up with my own jokes in the middle of it. I didn't plan any of this. This is, We need to have a game plan for our episode. What do you think? Could be, because, okay, listeners, what happened was, me and Matt were just talking, <laughs> and then Matt just hits record and says, all right, we're starting now. No warning. <laughs> this is how we do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to TV Guys, the show that tells you, you know, you can do anything you want. You can be president, you can be Statues of Liberties, whatever. I'm Matt. I'm Brian, and you can also laugh at the sun. <laughs> Such a good line. If you have not watched this episode, obviously, whenever we do these deep dive, I don't know how deep we're going to go, we're, we're not very good divers, but uh, <laughs> whenever we do these episodes, we um, encourage you to watch the episode first, too, and, and Background Check is such a great episode, so if yeah. you, this is from season four of New Girl, episode six, we watch through it so that you wouldn't have to, although you should. Currently available on Hulu, but you know streaming services change all the time, so you never know. It was on Netflix, now it's not. I really love how I toss it over to you, and then your go-to is, now on Hulu, here's an advertisement. Well, because I'm listening through an old podcast about friends from like 10 years ago. Yeah. And they're all talking about, oh, on Netflix, on Netflix, and this. And it's like, well, it's not even on Netflix anymore. It's not, no. It went on Peacock, and then I don't think it's on Peacock anymore. I think it's on HBO Max. It is. HBO Max is how I'm watching it. Uh, we're still calling you HBO Max. You can call yourself Max all you want, but we're calling you HBO Max. This is really a dumb joke when it's like, oh, streaming service, all you have to do is cut out the first part of your name and you're cool again. And then Peacock was like, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I thought of it of like the HBO Max coming in like Andy after anger management. Hey, HBO Max. It's just Max. What? Yeah, I'm I'm Max now. No, I'm not calling you that. But... Max is better than Twitter being X. That's that is absolutely true. <laughs> Max has two more letters than that, so Yeah, that's true. We gotcha. That's science. Take it to the bank. Well anyway, we are not only talking about New Girl, we're also in person, <laughs> as you can hear. We don't usually yeah. we edit those costs out. Today yeah. we can't. Nope. We're, we're stuck with them. <laughs> Alright, well, we're also gonna do a different format for it today, because like with these episodes, we'll tend to do like, oh, let's start at the beginning. This is what happens in the intro. And then, the, you know, and we kind of walk it. I like this idea that Brian came up with. He's like, oh, let's just look at the characters. I'm like, yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Let's start character by character and just hit their hit their uh, their high notes and uh, what they're doing in this episode. Well, I think you got to start with Winston because Winston, even though he has the least, least to do in the episode, it's about him and his yep. whole thing sets up the premise of the episode. It's also like really good character development for him because we've had a little up until this point, there wasn't a ton of character development for him. They in the second season, like, you know what, let's w- lean into his weirdness, and then they did that. 
and then they let him be weird for like a season and a half. I mean, they let him be weird for the rest of the show, yeah. but they let him just be weird for a season and a half, and they're like, well, let's also make him need some purpose. And so then he starts with his police career, and this was the episode that really turned things around because up until this point, we were seeing him the way that everyone else in the loft was seeing him. Mm-hmm. We were seeing him as this guy's going to be a detriment to the police society. Police yeah. society. I, I don't know if that's what they're called. Um, the, the police, police force. force yeah. That's it. That, um, you know, I wouldn't trust him as my as a cop or anything like that. But to hear <laughs> as the episode goes on that actually, like, he's doing tremendous mm-hmm. in what he's doing. And so this is a great way for the show to say, let's turn his character on his head instead and give him a little more depth. Yeah. And it's, it, I like that when he get, start getting him into a cop, you get him into an actual career path and that leads to him finding Allie and having that purpose. Because mm-hmm. before that, he went through jobs and the only the really consistent thing we had besides the friends in the loft was he had a cat, Ferguson. Yes. Uh, Winston's still funny even though he doesn't have this is kind of like the I think the honey roast episode where it's, it was again about Winston but mm-hmm. everything that was happening didn't have to do with him and yeah. he's just like I'm so excited for this so like there's this fun energy we get every now and then of Winston like yeah. I I have no agency what's going on even though it's all about me I'm yeah. just I'm ready for it and so he just comes in with these random lines of like oh, I found this I found this shirt on the lawn that's, that's the story. That's, <laughs> that's the whole story. We can talk about it later because we should stick with this episode for now. But my favorite line in the whole series is a is a Winston line, and it's just the, the dumbest joke ever. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. Is it the anecdote of him falling asleep in the bathtub? <laughs> no, but that's good too. I love that. That's a story. Angie and I will will joke about that too because you know I've actually fallen asleep in the bathtub. I don't know. I don't think it's a common thing, but it has happened to me. Well, Matthew Perry did. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. So um, I have, but I I love that. He's like, it's such a story. It's like, yeah, this is a thing that happened. Anyway, thank you for derailing that <laughs> right in the middle of it. I just, I, I couldn't not. <laughs> couldn't you, though? <laughs> um, so, yeah, Winston... For it being about him, you're right. He doesn't have a lot of agency. So I think the one who brings, not well, I we think. still have to say what he what the whole deal is with him is that he has to have a background check. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's doing something. Go ahead, yeah. Brian. He has to have a background check, and they have to come to the loft and interview the people he lives with, his friends, to see what kind of person he is, to see if there's anything that would make him a bad cop. And so they bring in Sergeant Dorado. <laughs> Uh, who they call the fish, mm-hmm. and I think they call her that because she's tough but fair, like yeah. most fish that I know. <laughs> That's that might be the best Winston line of the episode. I, I like the the joke about the shirt, but that's a really funny line. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some more. But yeah, that one. <laughs> I think that's a real fish. No, oh. I've, and I've quoted Schmidt. His, Schmidt's response after this, telling him what a Dorado is, um, and like going through and say it's this blah 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 blah, and then ending it with just instead of it being like enraged Schmidt, just ending it with you oaf. Just the way the cadence he says yeah. after he explains all of it to him. I have tried to emulate that cadence sometimes with people, and they never really get the reference because it's just two lines yeah. or two words. But uh, it's fun to people to it's. Fun to... We can't edit this, guys. <laughs> we can, but 
I choose not to. <laughs> I've been awake for 12 hours. I'm barely hanging on. Anyway, what was I saying? Winston, he's great. Yeah, Winston is great. <laughs> so you got you got any more ill-pleased Matthew Perry jokes before you move on with another? Not yet. You, got, you can't plan them. You can't. That's true. Um, so the person who brings the conflict in the episode, though, isn't even Sergeant Dorado. It's no. Jess. Yes. Because Jess, in typical Jess fashion, makes things <laughs> a million times worse by not thinking things through all yeah. the way. So, of course, she finds – not she's she already knew that she had this. Um, but hearing that someone's – a police captain is coming to their apartment to investigate it, she doesn't want to cost Winston his shot at being a cop. And so she comes clean with the rest of the loft about this uh, what, ottoman that she bought. Yep. And inside, when she bought it at a garage sale, it had this bag of what can only be – only be methamphetamine. Well, you're kind of spoiling the, the reveal at the end. No! Well, you just, it didn't just happen like that. First, she says, I have a bag of meth in my closet. Or in, in the, what? And then she gets in there, and there are, it's, it's uh, Coach and Winston. No, Coach and, and Nick and Schmidt. And she starts telling a story. It has nothing to do with the meth. Oh, yeah, I was at this, at this fair the other day. I was buying, get to the meth! And like she keeps like derailing it, going on tangents. And all three of them together are just yelling. No one cares about the fair! Again, in real life, this wouldn't have to be a whole thing. Even if she thought it was meth and you didn't know how to get rid of it, all she had to do is say, hey, Cece, can you come over here and take this meth back to your house and then we'll deal with it after the police sergeant leaves. And that's a real friend. Yeah. And you know Cece would have done that. <laughs> yes. So Well, she comes in ready to do it. Yeah. That's all they would have had to do. I mean, of course, we don't want that because we want interesting television. But it's interesting. It's one of those times when you look at the show, like, in universe, this has a very simple solution. Yeah, and what's great about, and we're going to get to the other characters too, because what's great about what Jess does and how they work this episode is that they allow her panic to influence Nick, and then those two with their panic really derails the more logical. I mean, Schmidt, yeah, he he's emotional, but he's he should be more level-headed in this, and yeah. Coach as well. They live. They work high pressure job. Well, he works. <laughs> Schmidt works a high pressure job. Coach just has been in sports, which can be high pressure. So he, they're not. Coach likes to pretend his job is high pressure. But true. He's, he's not. <laughs> so it's like there's no doubt in my head that these two guys on their own could handle a high pressure situation. Yes. But Nick and Jess <laughs> cannot. No. And because of how badly they handle it, they and Schmidt and Ch Coach have no choice but to also handle it poorly yes. and get caught off guard. Mm -hmm. They all feed off each other in the worst way. Yeah. It's kind of like, so until this past year, I spent seven years every Wednesday uh, with a boys group at the church. And it's, a lot of times it's the same thing. There's like one or two kids that can be super well-behaved, super awesome. The more kids you get in, the more fourth, fifth grade boys you get in, the more chaos and just unbelievable BO as well. Good. <laughs> Yep, unless there's Axe Spray, then we all know Axe Spray covers up everything. Teenage boys, they take showers in Axe. Which, I mean, I don't know if you, I went through an Axe phase as well. I used it, like, okay, I can 100% say that as an Axe wearer at a certain point, 
I know I didn't overuse Axe because I had a lovely example of a friend of mine who did overuse Axe. And he was the cautionary tale because I heard how girls talked about him behind his back. And I resolved in my heart, no, just one very small spray is all I get. And it works. Yeah. Uh, we also had a youth leader who you know would just bring deodorant to the boys and be like, hey, start wearing this. <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, like, that might, if you're out there, that might sound like it's rude. That is the, like, nicest thing that someone can do yes. for a middle schooler. Be like, you don't get this yet. You do stink. And I want to save you all the embarrassment. Yes. Anyway, this is back uh, to anyway, the girl. So, so speaking of, of things falling apart and, like, how some of these characters would be cool-headed, we're going to get to Coach and what he does in a minute. Uh, but I, I think that's one of the reasons that they pulled Coach from the rest of the group for a little bit of this episode is because he should have brought a level of maturity back into the group yeah. that was needed. And so to make it believable, they did, I think, have to pull him away. And then they also gave him a very funny uh, payoff by doing that. But staying with Jess, she like she has some really funny lines in this. Yeah. She's not the funniest part of the episode, but she definitely is the most conflict. Yeah. But I do, I do like her just not being able to hear it from anyone else of her, like, just being in her panic anxiety mode. Mm -hmm. And, like, Jess, that's not how drugs work. Don't tell me how drugs work. I'm on meth. Yeah, because she thinks she's on meth because she holds the bag of meth under her shirt to hide it. And she says, I think I'm absorbing it through my boob skin. <laughs> Which, of course, it's just a funny – boob is just a funny word. <laughs> Is, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, in the context of like, it'd be, it's funnier than her saying, oh, it's, it's through my arm skin. And uh, she, she's got the, the bag underneath her shirt when yeah. Dorado arrives because, of course, when she first is dealing with it, this is probably one of the funnier parts is that when she initially finds it, she throws it to Schmidt in a panic and it busts open because she just has a terrible throw. Yeah. And so they're all trying to figure it out while Nick is singing Landslide because Nick is a terrible liar <laughs> and he can't see where this is going to go because if he does, he's going to be looking at it or he's going to say trash. So he yeah. can't can't know or hear what is done with the meth. So he's just in the background singing landslide while they're all panicking to pick up every small piece of this meth. Yeah. Again, vacuum? <laughs> no. <laughs> just, just the way you said that makes me think of Lillian Marshall's wedding. Hat. We thought of Native American headdress before we thought of hat. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just because I like keeping my place clean and I like to vacuum. That's true. Yeah, you do suck. So, um, what was I going to say? I'm not sure. I mean, so <laughs> cut, cut out the pause. Okay. You're on Jess. You were on Jess. Oh, and so with Jess, like the way that what we find out in this episode as things go on, because this is her, her arc, dealing with meth. But come to find out, it's not actually meth. Before we get to finding out what it actually is, she gets caught by Winston. So their, their two stories now intersect here. And Winston sees she's had this bag of meth. Winston doesn't know the difference. He yeah. sees it as what she's telling him, that it's meth. And so he asks her, why, don't you, why didn't you come to me? And there's that whole conversation they have in the bathroom where, as I talked about with Winston, we get to see 
Winston in the light that the rest of the loft he sees him as. And he realizes how they see him, that they don't see him as a real police officer. They just see him as crazy Winston, their roommate. There's not the trust there. So Winston starts to to man up here and he decides that he's going to take the responsibility. He's just going to do the mature thing. And it's funny because when Winston has to be the voice of reason, you know you messed up. Exactly. Real quick though, I just realized as you were saying, so interesting parallel. A few weeks ago we talked about remedial chaos theory with community. And in both of those, there is an episode where the black friend is, is in a bathroom confiding with his friend about wanting to be taken seriously. <laughs> Look at that. It's, it's just a common theme. Yeah. Um, and those probably episodes were probably within a few years of each other. Yeah, the same era. Those shows yeah. were on at the same time. I, exactly. I, I don't know about... What when the seasons lined up? Yeah, I would I would look it up, but I'm already got my uh, electronics in use right now, so we're just gonna pretend the same day. Yeah, even. the same day. It's crazy how don't, that works. Don't look it up. Don't do that. That <laughs> just ruins the fun, the magic of this coincidence. Yeah. So um, they have the conversation. Winston goes out to face the music with Sergeant Dorado, um, and then Jess comes out and she is gonna take the fall. And she's like, "Take me to jail. I've got." And so she throws herself in the mercy of Dorado, and uh, then Dorado goes in to investigate the bathroom, investigate the quote-unquote meth problem, come to find out it's aquarium rocks. Yeah. But even then, if it was if it was meth in-universe, Jess didn't knowingly take the meth, mm-hmm. and Winston knew nothing about it, so I don't think that would have disqualified him from being a cop. No. I mean, they're, they're, who knows how it would have played out, but it, it shouldn't have disqualified him because as us, like, from the outside in, being aware of this, like, we know that the mature thing would have been to talk with the police right away or yeah. to go to Winston or even just to dispose of it. Like, find somewhere else that people aren't going to get to it and just get rid of the Or the just when she got the ottoman in the backstory, why didn't she go to the police right away instead of keeping it in her closet? Hey, there you go. Yeah. Police about the person who had the meth to begin with. She yeah. bought that from Aaron Paul. It's true. So... It's like, do you ever see one of those um, Emmy things? They used to do like the Emmy intros where they have all the shows interact with each other. Yeah. The one where uh, they have Aaron Paul as Jesse walking into the office and like, what's with the cameras? And then Creed's like, he's telling Matt the Creed. And Creed <laughs> just goes, my crystal meth here, got here, guys. <laughs> do you remember that one? Vaguely. I remember that. But I remember more the Conan O'Brien one where he's going through all the different genres and oh, he yeah. stumbles into the office. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because he was on Lost, and he goes down the hatch, which ends up being in the office. Yeah. In this one, it was also right, uh, it, it perfectly lined up. It was the season after Michael left, and it's also the time when Ashton Kutcher was taking over for Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men. Mm-hmm. And they're like saying, I don't think he's supposed to be here. And he's, Ashton Kutcher is sitting in Michael's chair in the office. He's like, I'm taking over here as the new lead. Like, I, don't, I think you're in the wrong spot. Andy and Pam are saying that. And Ashton Kutcher looks, oh, I was wondering where the half man was. <laughs> I, and it's funny. I don't remember that. So I'm glad we were. That's a funny joke. Yeah. Well done. Good job, Emmy writers. You did it. You should get yourself an award. Emmy writers from some time. Would have been, I think, 2012. Yeah, those guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. All right. So that's that's Jess. That's Winston. Um, Save Nick because Nick's the best. Nick Nick is the best. He steals this episode. This episode, 
like rises and falls on Nick's. Sure, yeah. they all have good parts, but yeah. good gravy. So you want to do Coach or Schmidt next? Uh, let's also save Coach because Coach has the second best. Yeah. Oh, and let's let's do what the let's do what the episode does. Let's talk about Coach's setup, and then we'll talk about Schmidt <laughs> and Nick, and then we'll talk about when Coach comes back. Okay, that's fine. Because Coach, in the beginning of the episode, it's one of those episodes where I was talking to Matt beforehand. I don't know if they needed Damon Williams Jr. was doing something else. They needed an excuse to write him out because he's gone for a big chunk of this episode. Because in the beginning, he's telling they're all making up lies about Nick to make or Winston to make him look good, and he's like, "Yeah, he volunteers with the Boys and Girls Club. He's got a little brother, uh, Du Quan. and Cece." He's like, "Oh." But, Cece doesn't really do anything, but she shows up at some point to help out, and she's yep. just there for the rest of the episode. And Cece even asks, like, Duquan, that's the name you're looking for. Yep, Duquan. <laughs> and then she's saying, like, the, what's her name? The, what's the, what's the, sorry, uh, So, um, Sergeant Dorado. Dorado. It's like, I'm going to make a note to call the Boys and Girls Club. And he's like, no, don't do that, because someone's going to go get Duquan now. I'll go. I'll just go get Duquan. Because <laughs> he comes he comes over every Saturday. Well, where is he? Well, I need to go pick him up. Uh, you're going to go get Duquan. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and we show him at, at a park, and he's like talking to kids. It's one of those things where it's not funny in real life, but it's funny in the show. It's like, I need I need one of you to be a friend to, to a grown man. No, that doesn't sound right. I, I need... He says a couple different ways, and they all sound and bad. Every single way just sounds like he's soliciting children, and he he says the line, but at least he has that awareness of like, no, that's not it. And he keeps trying to correct himself and save himself, and then he eventually gets to the point like, no, nothing I say. There's no way I can phrase this. It's it's like an Arrested Development when Tobias says things all the time, and Michael's like, that's what you're going with. Yeah, but at least Coach hears it, so. And, we're allowed to laugh at it because we as the audience know that's not what's going on. Yeah. So <laughs> Forget my face. So then hold on that. Just like in the episode, Coach is going to be gone for the next, for next little bit. And we can combine two characters. I think Schmidt and Cece, yeah. because their story is intertwined, yes. that we can put them together. Because uh, Schmidt starts off the episode there, but in order, like you had said, Jess would just call Cece, help me out. So Cece does come to help out Jess. But Cece comes late. Dorado's already there. She can't just take the meth, or she can't get rid of the meth, so she just has to figure out the way to help out uh, Jess. But what had happened the night before, or maybe it was a couple nights before, yeah. is that um, Jess and Cece had been texting about this date that Cece went on with a guy named Paul. So this is, of course, at a time after Schmidt and uh, Cece had broken up and Schmidt had cheated on her. And so now she's getting back out there. So Schmidt's jealous. Mm -hmm. And so the whole arc for those two is Schmidt reconciling his jealousy yeah. over Paul, which is a stupid name. Yeah. Paul, 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 Paul. How do you say it? It's not even a name. So our guest that we've had on here, Paul, <laughs> like six times or seven times. Eight times. He, eight times. You know, nine. Trend. So uh, <laughs> he doesn't watch New Girl, so I like references Wait, to him once. Didn't he start watching New Girl? He might have. Because he said that he said in a chat with us, I have to admit, I'm the Schmidt. Oh, did he? Yeah. At a certain point, he wasn't yeah. watching it. So when I made this reference to him and like, oh, stupid name, Paul, he's he didn't get it and just just like, why are you making fun of my name? <laughs> <laughs> Which is completely understandable to ask. I don't know if he'll listen to this one or not. He might not. We'll see. 
Yeah. <laughs> Paul, you're you're the only person that texts us when we <laughs> do episodes. So feel free to let us know if you're listening or not. Yeah. And it's also one of the things where Cece walks in and Schmidt's like, oh, it's my girlfriend, Cece. He walks in and says, like, play along or Jess goes to jail. And he kisses her. It's like, I don't think he needed to say he was her girlfriend. No. I mean, he didn't need to shut her up because as soon as she comes in, she asks, where's the freaking meh? And then he kisses her to shut her up from saying meth. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then I, I get the idea of like, oh, I need to cover by this is my girlfriend. Of course, that's why I kissed her. But then to keep playing it up, yeah. there wasn't the need for it. No. And does Schmidt really do much else besides just be kind of awkward around CC? Is there anything else to their story? No, they <laughs> they do they do have a good line I quoted to you earlier when we were at dinner, where uh, CC's like, "Fine, it wasn't Paul. It was Mark Paul Gosler." And he's like, "Well, ugh, that man's a god." I just he's like, "All right, he you win." And then he he's like, "If you get married, will will Screech be there?" And um and so what was the line? And so Cece's like, "Well, I'm just kidding." He's like, "Hey, we go in there for a second. There's a real second there where I had bad feelings towards Mark Paul Gosler, and I didn't like any moment of that." Yeah. Also, along the lines of Matthew Perry, if Mark Paul Gosler did get married now, Screech would be the only one not able to attend. <laughs> Let's just keep bringing up dead people. Can we do that? Well, you you brought him up. Well, actually, the show brought him up, but he was alive then. I just keep mentioning that they are dead. Yeah, uh, and Pierce had sex with Eartha Kitt in a bathroom. Yeah. It came up naturally. <laughs> I, think, I don't think it came up naturally. I think I think Pierce had to take a pill. No, what are you talking <laughs> This episode is going to have the... You know, it's, if we're too tame to put an explicit warning on it. But uh, all you 10-year-olds, stop listening right now. You mean stop listening 30 seconds ago? Nope, no. Because <laughs> we're just going to get worse. Um, and yeah, so Cece and, and Schmidt, that's, you know, that's the character drama of the season of like playing with their romance. And that's fine. It, it works. They have enough agency in the episode. They have funny lines, but they aren't like the heroes. To me, again, it, this falls to Coach and Nick. And so yeah. let's jump back to Coach because once everything is resolved and um, Dorado tells them that, like, yeah, no, Winston's going to get the, the job. He's a yeah. fantastic recruit. We love him. He, or I don't know if she says we love him, but I'm just embellishing. Yeah. But uh, they, she, like, Praises him, and then all of a sudden, Coach comes in with Daquan, a 20-something-year-old man mm -hmm. who is acting like a child and with broken English, and <laughs> Mr. Wimpstons. And I think he looks at Nick first, and they're like, no, I'm pointing to Winston. Mr. Wimpstons. Oh, I love Mr. Wimpstons. <laughs> he tells me I can be anything. I can be president. I can be a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I just, I love the lines that they give him. And then also for him and Coach at the end tag, just yeah. sitting there together and talking about things. To, like the, it, you know, it's like, oh, I, I usually go to the outlet mall. It's like, I, I like to get a sweet treat. He's like, no way. Like a pretzel? He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, shut up. Yeah, like same exact thing. He, he mirrors the speech that Coach said about going to the outlets in the beginning. And then he ends the line with the line, do you want to have a tickle or something like that? <laughs> do you want to have a tickle party? <laughs> Which is exactly how this episode should end, with a line that's stupid as that. Yeah, we forgot one of the, when in his speech about Winston, at the end it's like, we can 
we do laugh, we do homeworks, and we laugh at the sun. <laughs> that's, that's some of his lines. Angie and I will quote together yeah. all the time. Just the laughs at the sun, or the <laughs> I can be statues of liberties. <laughs> I, I love when New Girl leans into the absurd and, yeah. and when it works. Because there are some absurd, you're like, eh, this is, you're just being weird just to be weird. But then there's like, Nick's friend Tran. Yeah. The fact that that works is baffling to me. Yeah. That just this silent guy, and when we first meet him, holding Nick in a pool like yeah. a baby. And the fact that he doesn't say anything, the, 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 Crazy comes from Nick interpreting what he thinks he's saying. And we don't know if Nick's right or not. No. But it seems like he is. Somehow, Nick maybe has a psychic connection. Well, I'll tell you now, my favorite Winston line I told you isn't in this episode. And it's not even that funny, but it's the fact that it's him completely misreading the situation. And, like, this is not the time for jokes. It's in the episode where Cece and uh, Cece's mom is coming because they're going to be getting Cece and Schmidt are getting married and she's so disapproving and this is when Winston's doing his pranks and have this big moment where she's like if you don't if you can't accept the man I love don't come to my wedding it's like the big like dramatic moment and then out of nowhere Nick's like Mrs. Parikh check your shoe is this a feather and he goes Ticklefoot <laughs> like that on its own is not that funny but in the context of like this is the dramatic scene he's like Got you. Yeah. And he can't stop laughing. He's like, I put a feather in your shoe. Like while he's breaking up laughing. It's my favorite Winston prank. It was part of the flashback of like, you either go too big and then flashes. Did you register me as a sex offender? And he's <laughs> just Oh man. Winston's a great character. Winston's my favorite. Well, well, my favorite is Nick. And not just because of this episode, but boy, does this episode help. <laughs> yeah. Because Nick is terrible at lying. Yes, That's yes. why he tries not to play poker or talk to pregnant women. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, the amount of sweat he exudes. Like, at one point before he puts on the kimono, <laughs> he, Schmidt has him turn to see. And his <laughs> back, all the way down to nearly his butt, is just soaked. And so Schmidt, to try and cover it up, is like, here, put this on. And it's his kimono. And Nick's like, no, I'm not wearing that. It legitimizes you owning it. <laughs> yeah. And Nick has... You talked about last week, you love when... There's characters that have secrets and they all come out. This is like things that don't need to be secrets and no one's asking for them, but they still come out. Do you have the list of everything Nick says? I've got like my favorite, but how much does uh, does Josh Johnson like have to... Jake Johnson. Jay, I'm sorry. Yeah. How much does Jake Johnson have to be improvising in some of this? Because I'm sure some of this is written down, oh, yeah. but this is the sort of thing that the director would be like, all right, Jake, take a couple, take a couple cuts and see what you get. Yeah. So like he starts off talking, when I was nine years old, I fed cereal flakes to a frog, and it died. <laughs> he goes on listing the type of animals that can live with cereal flakes. Squirrels can live through it. Chipmunks can live through it. Anything that lives half in and out of water dies. I don't understand why. <laughs> but the one that kills me right after that, when I was ten, I once walked by my mother sleeping, and I snuck in the room and put a lemon in her mouth. <laughs> What else was- when I was 11, I once tried on my girl cousin's wool tights. I didn't hate the way it felt. And then my 16th year, I oh, yeah. never got an erection. 
I thought they were done. I thought my penis was dead. And then the joyous face, it wasn't. Yeah. That, okay, going back to Matthew Perry quick, I started reading his book and I didn't finish it, but he, I had a messed up childhood. Uh-huh. And I guess he was dating, like a teenager, he was dating this girl and they were about to, he knew that it was going that way, so he actually got really drunk. And he got so drunk that nothing could happen. And he just thought, I guess that's just not part of me. I guess I can't just do that. Because he was just so drunk that he couldn't, you know. This is our most PG-13 episode I think we've ever had. I think so, too. And it's not even that explicit. No, it's not. But, uh, you know, I'm washing my mouth out with soap anyway, just to be safe. <laughs> I actually had that happen once. My mom washed my mouth with oh soap. I forget what I said, but I said something I shouldn't have. Well... You didn't learn from Ralphie on the Christmas story then. <laughs> no. Well, um, the, so Nick he has two modes that are just absolutely hilarious. He has angry Nick. That's so funny. And he yeah. has awkward Nick. And this episode, we get a lot of awkward Nick. So, <laughs> why would Bishop make a good police officer? Mustache. <laughs> well, be, because uh, Winston has a mustache. It's like, it, uh, all cops have mustache. Not you. Not, not the, the ladies. ladies. Unless they want a mustache. <laughs> Why can't a lady have a mustache? She can, and it would look sexy. Would you like a green grape shoved in your given, given your handed to your mouth? He's just. I'm laughing at you reciting. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I, I love just his nicosisms. This whole episode is so good. Every single time with him, you know, when they all are in the bath, they're like, wait. Who's with Sergeant Dorado? And it cuts to them, and Nick's just standing there, staring at She's staring back. I took my love, and I took it down. He <laughs> starts singing Landslide again. <laughs> you know, another good Nick scene is, not from this episode, but when Nick and Schmidt realize they've been using the same towel. <laughs> it's like, I'll tell you one thing. I've never touched that one. I wash that one every day. Or I use that one on me every day. <laughs> Oh, I remember another one. She's trying to get the, the him to break. And he goes, all right. Uh, distraction! Throws a pillow and she just does a flick. All right. You're one tough cookie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Th- this episode, like, if anyone's going to ask me why, like, why Nick's my favorite, this is probably Exhibit A. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good episodes. Either this or Tran. Yeah. Menzies is the one he's... With Tran's first appearance. Yeah. I'll push if I want to push. <laughs> but, yeah, Nick, we, you know, he's, here's what's great about Nick, too, in this episode, is he actually finds a way to get around what he was afraid of the entire time. Yeah. With his um, incessant truth-telling and yeah. secret spilling. And he even highlights it at the end. He's like, guys, I didn't, I didn't break. <laughs> I didn't tell her. Yeah. He was so proud of himself. Yeah, because Nick is not the guy you want to tell a secret to. No. Because he told all the other secrets, every other secret he had, mm-hmm. but he didn't come clean about the math. No. And and that's it. So those those are the characters parts of this episode. But so Brian, why is why did we pick this episode? What is special about background check? I think just the the combination of everything. It's almost actually you know what? Except for the one scene of Coach at the at the the playground, it is a bottle episode. Yeah, and it gets everyone together. So you get the Nick going on. You get the the Winston moment. You get Jess talking about absorbing, thinking she's on meth. 
Uh, you get a little bit of the, the Schmidt stuff with like talking about Mark Paul Gosseler. Like every every character kind of brings something to the table. Yeah, and I I think this this is at its height of comedy because you have all the characters together. Even though Coach does leave for a good portion, right away at the outset we have moments with yeah. everyone together and how they respond to this external force. Yeah. And there's also this. It's kind of this playwriting. Um, I can't remember what the device is called, but it's that the, the thing that when the audience knows something that a character doesn't, yeah. and it's a lot of fun to build the either the tension or the comedy. It's used to elicit this emotional response where we have the full comprehensive view, even though yeah. we don't know it's the current <laughs> box. We have the understanding of why there's a danger here and yet we just get to have fun with how badly they react now we don't ever put ourselves in the shoes of dorado because she doesn't know but we can understand why a normal person would see what's happening here and think the worst things possible about this group of people yeah and you say coach was gone but coach is kind of a secondary cast member to begin with because he Mm -hmm. Well, it's like he was in the pilot, but then he wasn't on the show, and he came back for like one season. Other than that, he just kind of pops in for guest appearances. Yeah, and I like Coach. I think he has a lot of good moments when he's there, but he's the only one who like you could take away and have it not be like a worse show. Like yeah. the show would be at at a detriment without any of the characters. I don't think any of his arcs are particularly strong, but he still has a good charm, and he still has funny lines. Yeah. And so I, I do enjoy Coach. I think the show's stronger when he's in there, but it, he's not needed. You're right. Yeah. I do love the episode. It wasn't that uh, – so they're set in L.A. And, right, that's where they're they, – they go to New York. And this is after he had left the show. And it's a little tag at the end of the show. They show all of them there. And they run to Coach. He's like, you guys didn't tell me you were here? <laughs> Which is so funny because all they had to do was get – I don't even know if he's in the same shot as them. All they had to do was get him for like one like half a day probably <laughs> and he's like just look into a camera and pretend that you're seeing them. So speaking of getting people – because this is our podcast. We go over we want and we just make references to other things. But um, speaking of getting someone for just a short amount of time, and you probably know this, but since it's the Christmas season, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Home Alone. Yeah. And you probably know that John Candy yeah. had one day – he could give to filming. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he was doing it as a favor to John Hughes because John Hughes and him are good friends. Or they they were. And so um, John Candy is, shows up on set and they put him to work for 23 hours straight mm-hmm. of filming. But the thing is, is that he didn't, like, because it was a favor, he didn't ask for any sort of, like, ne- he didn't negotiate any pay or whatever. So just by default, he got the minimum wage for a SAG actor. Mm-hmm. And he actually makes less in Home Alone than the pizza delivery guy actor does. Yeah. John Candy playing that, yeah. getting that paid that little. But mm-hmm. It's interesting when you see little cameos in movies where, you know, the person just dared as a favor. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like, you know, like we see that with Marvel movies now, MCU movies. Like they'll have these characters pop up and be like, oh, hey, and all of a sudden Falk is in this. That's cool. Like yeah. John Candy popping up in that was probably what that kind of felt like. Because he still was big in the 90s and 80s and be like, oh, this is a great cameo. Look yeah. at this guy. Yeah, it's like in one of the Thor movies where Loki, like, just for like two seconds pretends to be Captain America. Yeah. And I was like, hey, look, he's in it. Oh, <laughs> I know him. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not. Okay, bye. Yeah. 
I right. keep seeing rumors about they're going to do another Avenger with all the original six. It's like I don't believe that, and I don't mean at this point you could you could write any kind of. Now that the Infinity Storms are in play, you could yeah. make anything happen story wise. I believe it because of the panic. I could see producers panicking at the direction Marvel's going and thinking, we need to get goodwill back. And who is our goodwill actors? Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. But are they going to be able to get all of them back? Is the thing. I don't know about all of them, but I, I have heard that about specifically those two, that they were eyeing them, mm-hmm. which, make again, makes sense if you're looking at it from a financial yeah. It doesn't make sense narrative-wise in any way. Yeah. No. But but you're right. It's, they have the Infinity Stones. Comics did this all the time. Yeah. Comics are always like, oh, this guy was dead. But look, here he is. It, mm-hmm. It's the, the clone that we did. Yeah. Which are we talking about is one of my biggest pet peeves when you clearly write out a character that's dead. Then you come back and like they write some BS excuse. Oh, this is why they're not actually dead. It's like, no, you just retconned that. You're right. Um, anything about this episode that we didn't cover before we jump into trivia? Probably, but nothing I can think of on the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems there. No. Um, so that was it. Let us know, guys. You watched the episode. You love New Girl. We love New Girl. Let's just let's just all love New Girl together. You know, mm-hmm. let's just get along. Um, so let us know if there's anything that you're like. Why didn't you even bring this up? We want to hear from you. Yeah. So uh, let's jump into trivia. Jump. <laughs> so last week we talked about Thanksgiving episodes, and I brought up uh, Chris Elliott, who had played Lily's dad on How I Met Your Mother. His daughter in real life also was a recurring character in How I Met Your Mother, and the question was, who does she play? Chris El- Chris Elliott's daughter, I believe her name is Abby Elliott, played Jeanette, who was Ted's crazy girlfriend. Uh, towards like the later seasons for about four or five episodes. You know how you catch a lot of girls named Jen? You use a Jeanette. <laughs> I just came up with that. Just right there. As you started talking, I was like, this is going to be a bad joke. <laughs> you, you, you were already ready to just stand up and walk out. Well, normally I'm the one that makes terrible jokes in life. So when I get to be on the deadpan side of it, like I'm going to take advantage of that. That's fair, yeah. All right, so our trivia for this week is, you know, back in the 90s, they would do all these crossover episodes, and especially NBC. They were just like kings of them. Yeah. And so Fox did that with New Girl, and we talked about the episode where they go to New York, and that was actually a crossover episode with another show. Which show did they cross over with in uh, season, what, seven? I don't know what season it was. In that season that they did the crossover episode where they went to New York. I don't think New Girl even had eight eight seasons. Uh, no, I don't. Th- I want to say six. <laughs> I was way off. So, I don't remember what season it was, but I just remember those episodes, and they did crossover with yeah. this show. What was it? Yep. There you go. Hey, um, we didn't say this at the outset. I meant to make an announcement at the outset, but you know, I got too busy making bad jokes and, or actually, not even making a joke and just quoting something that. I did wrong. So we're going to start doing something a little different with our formatting here. Maybe not formatting, our scheduling. And so we are not going to have an episode next week. And we're going to start going every other week for episodes. And so um, 
in two weeks, you're going to have an episode. We're going to talk about uh, the most recent, the Santa Claus's TV show um, in honor of Christmas and the holiday season. It was wonderful. And my son will be back on because that was the best show he's ever seen. And so now it's got a season two. So we're yeah. going to talk about season two of that. And then uh, in two weeks after that, we're going to talk about what was some of the best TV from 2023. So you won't want to miss that. Yep. The scheduling chain is either because we want to build anticipation for our episodes or because Matt and I have busy lives. It can't be that one. We, we all know I do nothing. No. So. <laughs> I don't drive two and two hours to and from work every day. Man, only <laughs> losers do that. I walk two feet from my bed to my chair because I work at home. We have very different commutes. We do. <laughs> We are not compatible. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And we're reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching.